We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting with a little recap of the Nets loss to the Wizards, 110-104. One of the most disappointing losses of the season and probably a significant moment for this year for the Brooklyn Nets, signaling kind of what maybe we can expect moving forward or, you know, an idea and expectation of this team. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all stream platforms. And now this loss of the Wizards comes two days after the Nets elected to rest starters and give guys weird minute allocations and a loss to the Bucks, essentially scheduled a loss to the Bucks themselves in, you know, in a way to rest up and hopefully focus for this next road trip. And then on this road trip, they kick things off against the Washington Wizards, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, you know, arguably the second worst team in the league, depending on how you want to look at it. Just not very good defensively, horrendous. And the Nets just looked out of sync, not cohesive, in a night where they made a change to the starting lineup. They put Cam Thomas to the bench, added Dorian Dorian Finney-Smith to that starting lineup, and ultimately, it didn't really work out for either side. You know, you you look at the bench, they weren't as productive in this game. You know, all the bench players finished in minus 10, minus 10, minus 14, minus 21. The starters were plus 10 other than Dorian Finney-Smith, who was minus 11. So maybe that wasn't the right move getting him in the starting lineup. Maybe things, you know, would have worked out better. Obviously, Cam Thomas, you know, the leading scorer for this team, one of the bright spots, getting moved to the bench pretty disappointing for a lot of different reasons maybe it's the right move but tonight it didn't look like that and again the starting lineup change had a a level of impact on this game but overall it was the team the effort the focus the cohesion you know the just the grit the aggressiveness and just they didn't have it tonight and they really haven't had it for a large chunk of the end of this you know year of 2023 in december you know you look at the losses to detroit not necessarily great games. You know, they won those games, but Detroit, again, the worst team in the league. They were on, you know, a record-setting losing streak. And then tonight, another opportunity to beat up on a bad team and honestly create rest for yourself. You know, blow out this Wizards team, get a 20-point lead, see what you can do. But the energy that we even saw from the, you know, the backups, the reserves that played in that Bucks game was substantially better than what we saw from majority of players tonight. There was just a lack of, 
do it, especially defensively. The you know the Wizards were able to get inside. Guys were having career nights on that side of the ball for the Wizards, and there was just no resistance. You know, you had Claxton and Sharp, you know, making attempt, but there was just too much activity in the paint. Fifty paint points for the Wizards in this game, but really. You look too to the Nets offensively, as I mentioned. You know, this is one of the worst teams in the league defensively. They score 104. They generate 28 threes, shoot 9 of 28 from three. They have 27 free throw attempts, which is great, but only knock down 17. So 10 missed free throws on a night. They lost the game by six points. Just the little details aren't there. And to even go back to the defense to point out something, you know, only six turnovers for a Wizards team. Again, not a good team. Average 14 turnovers a game. The Nets just never disrupted them, never made them uncomfortable. You know, we go back to different games, but uh, the Hornets loss, you know, a few weeks from this point just reminds me of, you know, this game, you know, because the defense never got them uncomfortable. Guys were confident, smooth, hitting their shots. And then when you want to turn things up, it doesn't matter. You know, Kyle Kuzma in this game got hot late, was knocking down buckets. Nets were giving him favorable matchups and all those things. There just was no details. And we haven't even really talked on the coaching. You know, we mentioned the starting lineup stuff. But at the end of this game, you know, from like the six to four minute mark, you know, Jock Vaughn was playing, you know, lineup roulette. You know, it was like four different lineups in a 30 second span. It was just hard to even catch what was going on and find a rhythm with his team. And I also think with the lineup changes, there's no real like command from the top. There's always just an uncertainty about who's going to take this possession, you know, who who this plays run for, who's trying to get shots up, who are we trying to generate things for. It's just kind of very free-flowing, and that does work at times when you have a lot of elite offensive talent. You know, we've seen that in the past with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Well, the Nets don't have that. You know, they don't even have a guy that's close to being in that tier and maybe, you know, a couple seasons from now, Cam Thomas can be an elite offensive player, but he's not quite there yet. He's just, you know, an offensive scorer at this point. Mikel Bridges struggling at a super high level. Spencer Dinwiddie, as we learned, is better as a fourth or fifth starter or a guy you're bringing off the bench. You know, Cam Johnson had a pretty solid game. Clax isn't going to create much for you. He's going to need to be created for. Dorian Smith is going to live off creation by others, and there just wasn't enough advantages created by Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Mikel Bridges. You know, and I think that's where you look at the issue with the starting lineup and the issue with removing Cam Thomas because the Nets just lack that offensive pop already. And now taking one of your best offensive players, putting him in the second unit, puts more pressure on guys that really aren't that great at, you know, running the show on their own. And we've kind of seen that. And, you know, and again, the starting lineup that was there with Spencer Dewey, Cam Thomas, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Claxton wasn't working either. So a change had to be made. But it doesn't seem like Cam was probably the right guy to get kicked out of that thing because if you're scoring 104 points against the Wizards, that's a problem. And again, a night your best offensive player played 24 minutes. He didn't shoot well, but he also looked uncomfortable and out of sync. And there's just there was just never a flow. And it just seems like there's a lot of dissatisfaction, frustration with multiple players in this team. And you know, we heard Mikel Bridges after the Bucks game and his thoughts on the resting thing and just it leaves a nasty taste in your mouth. You know, you have that previous matchup with all the rest. And now you go into a game against one of the worst teams in the league and you put up a terrible performance that doesn't showcase energy, focus, and a high level of engagement. So now I think 
you know, it's I don't want to be hyperbolic and say this is a game changing loss, but I think there's been clues over the course of the last month that maybe the expectations for the Nets and the ceiling of this team aren't necessarily very high. You know, there's just maybe not the perfect flow of players, especially if Mikel Bridges isn't taking that jump to, you know, top 30, top 25 player, and he's more of, you know, top 50 complimentary guy to a star. And the Nets don't necessarily have that star to create those advantages and make offense easy for everyone. So you're seeing struggles there. And then defensively, they're not playing well, even though they have great talent on that side of the ball. You know, we talked Nick Clax and Mikel Bridges. There's also like a level of confusion and guys not looking happy with the way they're playing defensively. You know, we've talked about drop and that's not suiting Clax. You know, we saw some switching tonight. That wasn't on point. Miscommunications. Like this is a team that, again, does not have the best talent in the NBA. This is not an elite type talent team. And they need to win on the hustle plays, the grit, the aggression, the focus, team cohesion and communication. And right now they're missing on all those boxes in a loss like this against the Wizards. You know, you don't have to play your best game to beat Washington. And Washington did not play a great game in this one either. The Nets probably need to play 80% of their ability and it would have been a, a solid win. But instead we're talking about another loss and now reevaluating, you know, our thoughts on this team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. But again, talking about those thoughts, I think now you start to look at this Nets team and really what the focus and the outcome of the rest of the season is. You know, best case scenario, you're landing maybe a bottom playoff seed, getting swept in the first round. Maybe you're a play-in team. Maybe you don't even make the playoffs. So I think now you start to look up, look to the idea of moving a Royce O'Neal, a Dorian Finney-Smith, a Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, even consider the idea of Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton of the right deal is there, especially Clax because of the contract situation and also the way Dayron Sharp is playing. You know, you look at that as a possibility as, you know, 
Sharp could be a really solid piece for this team. You know, a potential starter, or at least a fill-in starter until you find that star or that big big player at that spot. But he's been really, really good. He had another a good night of basketball offensively, defensively, showcase some good passing. But those are the decisions you look at. You know, are you getting a, you're able to walk out of this trade deadline acquiring, you know, two to three first round picks? That's really setting you up in the offseason to go superstar hunting or making moves to trade up in the draft, maybe getting up into the lottery with, you know, trading multiple picks or whatever it is. So you want to, if you know this season isn't going to have a strong outcome that's going to help you in the long run or have an importance to your culture, which Making the playoffs and getting swept or getting knocked in the play-on tournament is not going to do that, given you guys, the Nets just did that last year. So, you know, repeating what happened last season is not a success. I think now the success would be trying to gather assets, be it, you know, first-round picks, second-round picks, young players, and also looking to develop the players you have a little bit further. You know, this is now you move on from Spencer Dinwiddie. You have to rely on Cam Thomas to be a primary ball handler, and that could really help take his playmaking passing skills to another level you know you're he's getting forced into a situation you know you look back to some of those phoenix suns teams devin booker had to run point they didn't have guys available now he's just that great complete all-around player great decision making great passing great playmaking that could really be a benefit to Cam Thomas's game. You know, you move on from Nick Claxton potentially. Dayron Sharp is now your starter. You get to see him finish the season as a starter, going against other starters, and make a better judgment about who he is moving forward. And that's not to say that he can't be a starter, he can't be a bench player, but now you really have some great data. It's not just this weird rotation fill-in stuff that's, you know, getting you all over the place. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, one of those guys moved. We've talked about it on previous shows already. Jalen Wilson gets an opportunity, you know, and, you know, let's say Cam Johnson's still here and you're trading Dinwiddie, you're trading all these other guys, you're asking him to do more and develop his game further. You want to push him to his limitations to see what he could do. And even to Mikel Bridges to an extent, you know, right now it's a real struggle and he's not playing well. Well, you know, can he bounce back? Can he get on track? Can he do more in a situation if Dinwiddie or these other guys aren't here? So I think it gives you even a better chance to evaluate what you have with this roster if you do elect to move on from some guys, given, you know, the outcome for this season is not likely to be great. And it's important to make that decision sooner than later. You know, if you make it one week, one season too late, you know, all of a sudden you just missed out on some first round picks. The value is completely different. Now you have to look at a different contract, extending a guy, whatever it is. So there's so many different variables and it's important to get ahead of the curve for the Nets. You know, they can't be behind the curve and wait too long in these decisions because Making sure you have the picks soon as that star is available is so crucial. You know, if a big name hits the market this summer, you know, maybe the Nets elect to do that, or maybe they evaluate this roster and they say to themselves, you know what, we're not ready for a superstar this summer. We need another year of development. And now, you know, our target is more so the summer of 2025. So I think all of these little questions that we have and you know there's been a lot of people upset and obviously we're we're, you know upset and frustrated with the loss tonight but in some ways i think it could be a positive for the nets in the long term because now they have to have realizations about this roster it's really just not that great you know it's just not a team that's going to compete for a top four seed and win a playoff series, whatever it is. And there's the ceiling is not necessarily super high with this roster either either. And I don't know if all of the 
pieces are cohesive and fit well together. So again, more opportunities to evaluate guys. And that also goes for some of the bench guys. You know, Trendon Watford, you know, you're getting a better look at him. He's a young player, 22, 23 years old. Is he in your long-term plans? You like Dennis Smith Jr. Is he's a guy you want to try to keep around? You know, Lonnie Walker, when he fully gets back and healthy, you know, there's all these different decisions around the roster that could be easier to make if there's less good good to solid players in this team and rotation is open and now Vaughn is forced to play these guys and really give you know the front office a showcase of what's going out there instead of what we saw tonight where as I mentioned we saw you know four to five different lineups in a one minute span it is incredibly difficult to play basketball that way it's incredibly difficult to make judgments and evaluate players that way and also just find any level of just cohesion and communication for the players out there for the overall success of the season so it's upsetting loss, but at the same time, again, I think there is a positive that maybe this pushes the Nets to make harder decisions earlier than what they previously anticipated, which could be beneficial, you know, get ahead of the curve, as I said, and maybe set the team up for more success in the future. You know, it's I think it was always apparent this season wasn't going to be amazing, but there were some definitely some ups and downs and some flashes early on, and now I think we're starting to you know, get back to the norm of what to expect for this team. And, you know, maybe that'll change over the course of the next few weeks. But at the end of the day, we have an idea of who this team is and, you know, what the potential is for certain players on this roster. And as always, big thanks, everybody, for listening. You subscribe to The Buzz on all streaming platforms. And Happy New Year to everyone out there.